Welcome to episode 17 of the Dads Unplugged podcast. I am your co-host, Nelson Osorio. Excited here with a new guest and my co-host, Sean Pace. Hello, Nelson. Good morning, afternoon. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm very excited. This is a gentleman um, we've had booked out for a while. He's extremely busy. He's also someone that, whether he ever wants to take credit for it or not, has um, forever changed the trajectory of my life in the last year. And someone I... um, I treasure and cherish, uh, honestly, a lot, and I'm very blessed to have met him throughout COVID. Uh, Mr. Mr. Scott Lees is what I consider one of the leaders in um, the tech community. He is an advisor to many successful companies. He has been um, on the road as far as tech sales and has achieved great success. But most importantly for this podcast, he is a father and a very humble father. That at if that goes to saying, right, because he didn't talk about himself much. Um, Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And, and thanks for the, the kind words, Sean. That means a lot, man. Well, I mean, it's all it's all true. And you and I have had conversations offline. And uh, you are uh, one of the biggest influences in, in my life um, and grateful for you. So would you mind taking a brief moment for those dads who are under a rock and don't know who you are? Um, kind of <laughs> give, a, give a minute or two brief description of yourself. Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah, uh, first and foremost, I'm the father of two boys. Um, I'm a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. <clears throat> They're um, super energetic, active in sports, super smart. My kid's hollering at me right now saying, are you talking about me? <clears throat> um, yeah, so they're, they're that kind of, kind of kid. Um, I've been building and scaling sales teams for the better part of the last 20 years or so. Um, <clears throat> been a VP of sales a number of times. Um, you know, it's companies like Main Street Hub, Qualia is the most recent one. Um, kind of started doing some consulting and advising on the side for a while, while I was still an operator and, and then launched uh, another business called Surf and Sales on the side. Um, it's like a, a it's more intimate sales conference, sales and leadership conference that I host in, in Costa Rica a couple times a year. And uh, 2017, I released a book called Addicted to the Process that anybody in sales you know, may, may have heard of and went on my own full time, um, cut, cut the W-2 in uh, October of 2019. So I had a, a couple months before COVID started, which when that first happened, I kind of went, oh crap, this is going to be interesting, but it turned out to be a real boom for my my business, and um, you know, pretty pretty fortunate in that regard. And started another business called Thursday Night Sales in the middle of, of COVID, which I, I think maybe is how we kind of initially connected, Sean. Um, yeah, it's the now I think the world's largest weekly uh, virtual sales happy hour, uh, which is pretty cool. My co-host Amy Bolas and. Uh, my buddy Richard Harris from Surf and Sales and I host the Surf and Sales podcast. Started another business called University of Sales with my friend Glenn Ladd. And uh, I'll pause there. I'll pause there. <laughs> it starts to get obnoxious. You know, you know <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. Sean, before you before you got on, I'm I'm asking him where people can find him, and he's sending me all of these links. And the private chat. And I was just like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, they're all real. I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> I'm like, just facts, dude. Sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. Yeah. No. Scott, let me ask you this. I mean, look, you have you have 
started and you run multiple businesses i know you have partners helping you out with some of the stuff but having having two teenage kids that are active sports i'm sure i'm sure there's just a lot happening how do you find is there a way to even have a balance or is it kind of like a perfect imbalance raising you know being involved with your kids being involved with all these businesses like what does that look like well what it looks like is that's all i do i do one or the other right so you know, I'm either working or um, driving around to practices and games and, you know, helping with homework or, you know, just normal around the house parenting kind of stuff. That's it. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of time for, the, you know, there's no like Scott time or Scott goes and hangs out with his friends or any of that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> that's the ba- that's balance, you know, for me. Um, I love what I do when I'm not working, I love being there for my, my kids and going to their events and everything like that. It's just not something that I'm willing to sacrifice. Um, and it hasn't always been the case, you know, when they were real little, I traveled about 50% of the time you oh, know, wow. for, for work. So when, when they were, you know, little babies and toddlers and stuff like that, like I, I wasn't around and for right or wrong, I kind of justified it in my head. Like, well, fuck am I going to do with a little baby? Like I can't, you know, when I change diapers, like <laughs> I can't do nothing. <laughs> now, now, now they're older though. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sacrificing that stuff anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not traveling. I'm not missing practices. I'm not missing games. I'm not going to be that guy that's, you know, on the plane all the time. No. Um, so that's just, that's just where I'm at. And for me, I'm, I'm good with that, you know, right now for the next I don't know, six, seven years until, you know, they're out the house. So was that that's the ba- reason that's balance for me? Sorry. Was that the reason you stopped the full-time job and decided to start the business in 2019? No, that, that wasn't the reason, but, um, it had, I had been building towards that for a number of years. Okay. Um, you know, in my mind, it was kind of an inevitability that I'd eventually go out on my own because I wanted to have, you know, more freedom and flexibility and, and independence and, um, you know, there's only so many times you can get shit from a CEO for having to leave uh, work at four o'clock instead of five because you got to get to your kid's game or your kid's practice or whatever. You know, it's just like, I mean, I'm not here. I'm not here for all that. Right. It's like I made you hundred. I made you hundreds of millions of dollars, dude. Straight up. Like you you're mad because I got to go to practice. Come on, man. That's you tough. Know? So, you know, it, it had been building up, you know, and um and now, yeah, now, like, working for myself, 100%, you know, I do, my kids have practice somewhere, like, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, I'm going, you know, you got, you got games out of town, you got this tryout to go to, 45 minutes away, whatever, I got you, you got to go to the doctor's office, yeah, I got it, you know, um, and so, I'm enjoying that, this phase right now. You know, I love the, I love the fact that I'm part of your patreon group so just full disclosure in that in that there are tuesday night webinars sometimes that you reschedule for something going on with your kids and you and you don't hold back about why and i feel that shows a lot of people in in our industry that you to to strive and drive for that balance and the ability to say no for your family yeah I would be lying if I said I didn't feel guilty every now and then, though. You know what I mean? Like, I still have the 
Catholic guilt of canceling a work kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, so what happens oftentimes is, you know, just shit gets rescheduled and I have no control over it. Like my, my youngest son plays basketball, soccer and baseball all at the select level, which is Jeez. a lot of work. And, he, you know, it's about seven days a week. He's got something going on. My oldest plays soccer, does cross country and does track. And so a couple of the times that Sean's mentioning, there's some track meets got rescheduled, you know, because of rain and all this kind of, you know, central Texas stuff. Um, <clears throat> so I'm like, man, I want to go to the track meet. Like, I can't believe they put it right smack dab in the middle of my, you know, tequila Tuesday training event. <laughs> right. And like, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? You know? Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I, I make the call and like, sorry, everybody. Like, this this meet hap is happening now, unavoidable situation. Like I got to cancel. We'll, I'll make it up to you next week. Um, and like I said, I feel I feel a little bit bad because I know there's 400 people who, you know, perhaps made plans around that. But I, I feel like I'm trying to prioritize some things uh, for myself, you know, appropriately and and have some boundaries. And I feel like I give a lot. Uh, mm -hmm you know, to other people in the, in the community. And in some way, maybe I feel I've earned the right to, you know, be a little bit selfish for me and my family every now and then, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I think to some extent, especially as an entrepreneur, in your case, multiple times over, you have to, you have to put yourself first. And I mean, for your kids sake, do they, do they ever, especially at their age, talk about the fact that you have multiple businesses running? Do they acknowledge that you have that much going on? Um, no, I think the answer is no. I think they, they're they at the stage where they'll be like, hey, Dad, did you close any deals today? You know, like they, under, they understand. That's pretty awesome. That, 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 they... I, that I sell stuff, basically, right? <laughs> um, but they're not, I don't think they quite comprehend, like, my kid is over here giving me the side eye. Can you focus on your own Zoom? Okay. <laughs> I love it. This is awesome. I, you're distracting me. Is he not supposed to be in class right now? He he's in Zoom on Zoom class. Oh, yeah, we're we're in California right now. Um, yeah, that's a whole other story. But anyways, um, see now he distracted me. This is what he This is what they do. They, they distract you, right? So no, they they don't think I don't think they know like how much I do, um, you know, the schedule of it all, the demands of it all, not so much the nature of the work. Like I said, it's very much just like, how did you, did you close any deals today? How much money did you make today, dad? Like we, we talk about, we talk about money a lot. Like they know way more about, you know, finances than I did when I was their age. That's for sure. That's awesome. Um, you know, we talk about this, this kind of stuff. So I've given them a little bit of that kind of early education maybe yeah they're at that stage though and they're not they're, they're sure as hell not at the stage where they're like thank you so much for driving me around to all these places <laughs> no they're not at that stage yet <laughs> i think i think that comes much later in, in yeah, life that's at least like, what my dad said <laughs> yeah when they're like 30 maybe right <laughs> now for those that don't know i mean like i've got scott's book not intentionally it's just where it stays on oh, the yeah. bookshelf yeah in between Top shelf in between brewing and Calvin and Hobbes. 
Um, <laughs> it's where Scott's book stays all the time after I finish reading it. For those who don't know, he was an um, amazing athlete in, in college. How did what you grew up with that and the focus that you had then, how does that um, dictate or influence how you are with your kids and how you oh. parent knowing what they're going through because you went to that, that level in, yeah. in college. Good, good and bad. You know, I mean, the good is like, I've been through this kind of life before where I'm mm -hmm. used to going to school, going to practice, going to games and, and having it be a, you know, a steady, like consistent commitment and things like that and enjoying it. So I'm, I'm not one of those kind of sports dads that, just doesn't have a fucking clue about, you know, <laughs> anything. And is like asking questions about the rules of the game, or like, how, <laughs> you know, how come, how come my kid doesn't play like 50% of the time? Like, you know, I, you want to play more, do better dog. Like that's how it is, you know? Um, but you know, the downside is also like, I understand how hard you have to work and how much more serious you have to get every level you elevate. Mm. And so, you know, there's times where, like other kids, they just want to sit on their ass and play Fortnite for five hours straight. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, while you're playing Fortnite, somebody else is in the batting cage. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is out there juggling. Somebody else is out there shooting free throws all day long. So it's up to you. You, you, you decide what you want to do, you know. And, uh, you know, we have the conversation about, about school. You know, sometimes, like, where do you want to go to college? Where do you want to do this? Where do you want to you think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna pay for that? Like, I, they're like, you can you can pay for it. I'm like, yeah, I can. I didn't say I want to. So, <laughs> you know, let's see. You, use use sports and athleticism that you've been gifted, mm. you know, through through your DNA. And and my wife was an athlete as well. So like, you know, we understand kind of what it takes. So use that and and give yourself some options and opportunities to to play and enjoy that kind of lifestyle as long as you can. You know. So some people, you, you can't play high school sports. Like you're done playing sports, competitive sports by the time you're 14 years old. Right. That's yeah. fucking, that's fucking sad to me. I like, right. I can't. And the same thing with college, like you done, you're done at 21, 22 potentially. Yeah. Right. So I'm just like, play as long as you can. It, you know, it helps you stay in shape, helps you avoid, you know, uh, unhealthy lifestyles. And, and, you know, you got a good group of, got a group of friends just like built in when you make the step to high school or college which can be scary so yeah i think i think it's it, it has shaped a lot of how we operate as as parents and our relationship with our kids and you know um i don't really force them into doing anything like i said just like i just tell them the truth like you you want to you want to play more you get off the video game and go practice you want to yeah. do this let's go do it if you don't that's up to you, you know. That is a valuable life lesson. You know, you, I, I coach my son's uh, travel baseball team. He's 10. I have a 10-year-old son. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of start seeing is you'll see certain kids that are getting the advice you give to, to their kids from their parents that the harder you try, the potentially better you're going to get. And you see some kids where the parents might not be saying that. Yep. They might be saying if you show up, you deserve to – to get playing time. And I'm like, as an adult, 
the harder you work at something, the better you get, the higher chances of a higher income, of a better career, not just because you showed up. So at, at the age of, you know, that middle school is when you want to start being a little bit more truthful with kids, more honest, more direct, because they'll, you know, they'll take these things on for, you know, the journey through high school. And you're right. Once the athletics is over, if they don't make it to the pros, all these principles that you're teaching them, they're going to they're going to have to use in the real world. Yeah. So yeah absolutely right yeah. now my son ignores half the things i say so i'm not sure he's listening but <laughs> but i'm sure your kids are <laughs> well, i believe me i don't know if mine are listening all the time either yeah if they listen one percent of the time i take it as a win so. and you need to stop knocking on fortnite <laughs> no, that will, hey that will never happen you're asking, you're asking too much you're asking too much now. <laughs> so you've taken this um entrepreneurship fatherhood to I think a whole nother level than any other dad we've had on the podcast. Um, how do you best incorporate your daily activity? Do you still do time block? Cause I know I've been on a call with you before where you, you hadn't before or kind of. <clears throat> so, so you know, when I was a sales rep, I absolutely time blocked and I was like pretty fucking rigid about it. Like one of the one of the things that I am pretty good at is, you know, if I set my mind to do something, like I'm gonna do it. So, you know, when I said, okay, I'm gonna take demos in the morning, I'm gonna prospect all day, I'm gonna take demos in the afternoon. I don't deviate from that once it starts working. And so then I became a sales manager and I'm like, okay, how do I coach these people, create some trainings, have my meetings, run and then I'd figure out that schedule. Then I'm a VP of sales, it's like, okay, I've time blocked out my day, I figured out that schedule. Now, candidly, I don't time block my day. I don't. I don't have a morning routine. I wake up whenever the fuck I wake up. Nice. You know, some days, some days I have to get the kids up for school. Some days is my wife's day. You know, some days I have calls at eight o'clock in the morning. Some days I don't have them till eleven o'clock. Um, I don't have to prospect at all. I'm I'm, I'm blessed in in this regard. Everything I get is inbound or referral based. So, but I do, I, I make sure I have no appointments before 9 a.m. And then I try to make sure I have no appointments after 3 p.m. Because the afternoons, like starting at like 3 p.m., like I'm off. Like we got, mm -hmm. I got to drive my kids to this thing, to that thing, that thing, whatever. Um, so that's as close as I get nowadays to time blocking. And I've, one thing that I started uh, in the last six, I guess in 2021, because in 2020, like, I worked my ass off like hard. I went hard in the paint and now I, I, I close off Friday. Like nobody gets meetings with me on Friday. Um, and I, I try to work like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, more like a full day, Monday, just a little bit Friday, not at all. So that's as close as I got to blocking it off, Sean. Mm, I like it. How, how is, cause I know last year due to COVID, not only restrictions were in place, but um, some of the reasons you didn't travel or really associate with people in person. How is that changing your business and your time now? I mean, you just mentioned you're in California. Um, so how, how is that changing now that things are opening back up? Well, the, the, yeah, this is the first trip that I took since February of 2020. We, we snuck a surf and sales event in Costa Rica in February 2020, like right at the last minute. Um, yeah, and this is the, so this is the first plane 
crowd I've been on, the first time I've really been around people other than, you know, kids' practices and games and, and things like that. Um, for me, I think it was a boost because I, I think I, there's been an expectation on, you know, consultants, advisors, trainers, like you got to get on a plane and go visit people. Um, and I and remember, I didn't want to do that. And I still don't want to do that. So when COVID hits, that's not an option. So, you know, I didn't have to adjust at all because this is like this is what I do. Like I'm, I'm built for this is what I'm thinking, you know, and I'm not the most social creature in the world anyway. So I'm like, shit, I stay in this fucking house forever. If I have to, I got, I got internet. I got, you know, I got MLB TV or whatever. Like I'm good, you know? Um, That's awesome. But now, you know, now I'm starting to get asked to go places and do this and do that. And I'm pretty hesitant to be honest with you, you know, not just because of COVID, um, but just because I don't really like, I don't really want it. Like, why do I want to, why do I want to go to Phoenix for three days? You know, I don't want to do that. Why, why do I want to go to, I don't know. I don't even remember where, I don't know where you live, Nelson. I know Sean's in Colorado somewhere. Uh, like, what I'm do I want in to go Jersey. Down? I'm in Jersey. Yeah. No, you don't want to come oh, to Jersey. No, exactly. What am I going to Jersey for? <laughs> Definitely not. I ain't coming to Jersey. No, no. Yeah, no, there's no reason for me to be there. No. And, and I, and I think, I think it will stick. You know, I still think there'll be times where, where some companies for the right situation will, you know, kind of insist or really want somebody to be there in person. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody's gotten comfortable mm-hmm. yep. with this now. And so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, it allows me to keep doing, you know, what I'm what I'm doing and, and, and stay busy. So. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, aside from the fact that you that you are your own boss, it is nice that. I guess overall, most companies are comfortable now doing virtual and even even one on one clients. I think a lot of people just have the comfort. I'm in mental health, so I own a mental health staffing agency and we were 100 percent in the clients homes providing Mm -hmm. therapy to kids. Now, the majority of the therapists are just same thought process. Like, why do I need to come to your house when I can get on a virtual session with you? Save travel Mm -hmm. time on top of that and still and still provide a, a very similar uh, outcome. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know you have the books on sales. Has sales been your entire career or was there something you did prior to? Yeah, no, that's my, my whole career. I, uh, Sean mentioned that I, I played sports. So I, I, I played four sports in high school, two in college and, and kept playing soccer even beyond college. I never had a job that I wasn't getting paid to play or paid to coach sports until I was 27 years old. Wow. And sales was the only career, you know, that I, that I had, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't study it. Uh, I have a psychology bachelor's degree and a a minor in religious studies. And I have a master's degree in learning and instructional technology, which is like a fancy way of talking about learning theory and how to apply it to, you know, academic or corporate environments to get people to learn shit. Why did I go get that master's degree? Because I didn't want to go get a job, dude. <laughs> that's why, you know, that's like, except, like, you know, you graduate, graduate school. Everybody's like, what are you going to do for work? I'm like, I, I, I'm going to go to school again. You know, and it's like an acceptable answer where people don't judge you. You know, you're absolutely right. You're Parents absolutely right. or friends like, okay, that's, I get it. So I, I did that. And then, uh, you know, Sean knows this story, but um, I got really sick at 23 right before i turned 23 years old and, and spent four years in the hospital 
Oh, wow. So I basically lost age 23 to 27 of my, of my life. You know, I had a lot of, a lot of health problems, a lot of surgeries, um, wow. a couple of life-saving surgeries, got addicted to opioids from the pain, had to kick. Um, so, you know, 27 years old, haven't done a goddamn thing in four years. Don't remember the stuff that I studied at all, right? I had to reinvent myself. So I had a couple of friends who, who were in sales um, that said, you know, oh, you, you could always try selling. And I, I'd never even thought about it. And then I, and I thought about it in this sense. It's the only reason I went. How could I make up for lost time? And how could I work somewhere where the better I do, the more I get paid? Mm. Oh, if you sell more, you get paid more? Okay, I understand that as a competitor, as, as an athlete, right? The better you do, you get paid. You don't do good, you get cut. You get fired. Okay, mm. let, me, let, me, let me try that, you know? Um, and after b- being an individual contributor for a little bit, I was like, yo, this sucks. I do not want to cold call. I do not want to be <laughs> 60. I don't want to be 60 years old one day and a sales rep. How do I get out of that? Oh, you got to be so good that you can teach other people how to do it. Oh, okay. So that, that was my strategy to get to sales leadership. As you can, as you're learning, Nelson, like there's not like this grand master plan. <laughs> I think that's what, you know, that's what <laughs> everyone waits together. for. Yeah, everybody wants a grand master plan. I don't, I don't have, it didn't work like that for me. I'm not one of those people that had it all figured out, you know? And I yeah. made, made moves for like very simplistic reasons in my mind. Right. I, I think very few people do have have it figured out. Very, very few. Yeah. You know, you, you ask you ask most adults if they're doing for a living what they thought they would be in college or, or in high school, and most say no. So even if you had yeah. to figure it out at a young age, well, like like for you, you got sick for four years. Life gets in the way. Life kind yeah. of throws something at you. Whether you had to figure it out then, I'm pretty sure that pivot and, and obviously the outcome turned out really, really well for you going down the route of sales has, I mean, we're, we're hearing obviously the nice part of sales. Has it been, has, has it been the point in times where you're kind of out there hustling, gaining clients and you're just zeros happening, zeros coming in? <laughs> oh man. Um, no one is immune from struggling in, in sales or sales leadership. You know, there's there's times where you feel like a golden god and can do nothing wrong. And there's times where you feel like I literally couldn't close the front door if it was open in front of me right now. And you just you just keep going. You know, you just keep going. You try to ride it out. Try not to beat yourself up too much. Try not to get too overconfident when things are going great. You know, you, you try to surround yourself with positivity and you know, in the form of people, in the form of information that you consume, books, podcasts, whatever. Um, yeah, you just keep working on your, keep working on your craft. You know, I, I promise you, you're in Jersey. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> go back to, you know, I guess now that now they're Brooklyn, right? You think, you think Kevin Durant, Kyrie, you think Kevin Durant or Ky- Kyrie Irving or James Harden, like, think they you know start to lose confidence if they go one for 10 to start the game no they probably don't feel great that they're one for 10 but shooters gonna shoot they're like give me the damn ball yeah right and so it's it's a little bit of that that mentality you know that doesn't mean you just grind through the whole sometimes you got to walk away for a minute you Mm. know sometimes you're like 
and that's that's how I got into surfing. Actually, is uh, a way to like deal with how stressful sales was. You know, so I, my first sales job was in Walnut Creek, California, in the East Bay. <clears throat> I had a couple buddies that worked with me, and one day at happy hour, we're like, "Yo, we should go learn how to surf." So we went and taught ourselves how to surf, and there was something about like being done with work, driving out to the ocean, getting your wetsuit on, it's freezing fucking cold, you jump in the water, it's freezing cold, it's just like all of the pain and the stress like disappears. Mm-hmm. And when you're out there trying to surf, like you cannot be thinking about hardly anything, you're just like in the moment, right? You're paddling around, you're trying not to run into somebody else, you're trying not to get hit by a wave, you're praying for a great white shark not to beat not to come eat you. Like, I ain't thinking about sales. I ain't thinking about my shitty pipeline. I'm not thinking about this meeting at no-show. Like, I'm here. I'm fully present. And there's something very healing about that and cleansing, right? And so, uh, for me, that was, like, the way to deal with the stress of it all, right, and take a break, you know? So, I I think everybody in sales or in sales leadership or in entrepreneurship, like, we all go through those those highs and lows where you're, you know, you're feeling really confident. You can't do no wrong. And you're feeling like, oh, man, I am horrible today. What the hell? Right. I think you got to allow yourself to feel it, just not dwell on it. Yeah. I um, I mean, I think, I mean, you're obviously 100% right because that's why you get recruited and people come after you to come help their companies out. You're one of the fiercest competitors I know. And at the same time, can also be the kindest human and the most giving. And oh, that's, that. that's that. I mean, you, well, of course it's, it's what attracted me to you and why, regardless of some of the messages I get, I keep, um, I keep pushing, I keep pushing forward. And two things on my bucket list that I've learned the last year is I want to go surfing with you and share a bottle of tequila that I actually bought in person <laughs> instead of just sending it to you via the mail. So we could, we'd do those two things at once. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, <laughs> to respect your time, because we know you have a hard stop coming up here pretty quick. I have I have uh, a serious question and then a silly one. Okay. Um, and the serious one you've touched on in conversations we've had, but I want other people to hear it. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? I just want... I, want, I think I want as many people as possible to just say that guy helped me. That's it. Simple, you know, nothing like super profound or, or anything like that. I don't think about it in terms of, uh, you know, something to pass on necessarily or, or hand down or whatever. It's just like, you know, if I kick the bucket tomorrow, I'd like a couple thousand people to be like, I remember that guy. That guy helped me. And I, and I, and I think that that's, I think that that's a, a life well lived. And then as far as my family and for my kids, you know, I hope, hopefully I'm trying to, to model some things, um, for them so they can, they can kind of look at that and say, okay, you know, dad did well in school, dad did well in sports, dad did well in business, dad had a decent balance on certain things. You know, that uh, put us in a, in a position to, you know, succeed in, in life. And I don't know. I don't know what else I can try to try to do. I don't have anything bigger and grander, you know, than that, than that. Just trying to give my kids a little a little easier start, um, you know, than I had. 
Well, without a doubt, I, I, from the last year, I know you've done both already. So what you're doing is, is making the impact. Um, and there's lots of conversations that I know I'm part of offline that are about you in such a way that you do give time and you do help people. So thank oh, you. For, thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. That's a little, that's a little spooky to hear people talking about me when I'm not in the room. I'm not, I'm not used, I'm not used to that. But uh, I can get a hands raising to go happen next time we're on Thursday night sales. I don't, I don't know how many screens everyone's going to raise, uh, but it's, but it's true. Uh, so a little bit silly. Um, do you have a dad joke or a dad story that you can share with everyone today? Oh man. I don't, I don't, I don't have a good dad joke, but I'll, I'll tell you a good dad story and it, it came up because I was here with my dad last night and uh, my kids were trying to say something about the fact that like, you know, dad's trying to make me go to practice out here in California and it's not even my team because I've been looking for a play, you know, for some team that they can go like stay with it so they don't take a whole, whole week off or whatever. And my dad's like, well, you're not going to get any sympathy from me. I once made your dad. So my dad talking about me to my kids, my dad goes, Braden, Caleb, I once made your dad go play a soccer tournament with a broken foot the whole weekend. <laughs> this is a true story. Dang. True story. Yeah. I, uh, we're at practice like on a, on a Friday before the tournament. And I, I step on the ball and like roll my ankle, right? <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I think I was 12, 13 years old. So right about my, my kid's age. And uh, it, it swelled up, and you know, next day I'm like, I don't think I can play, Dad. He's like, No, 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 you, you know, you'll 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 be fine. Like, we'll we'll wrap it up, whatever. So, play the first game, limping around a little bit, we win. Play the second game on Saturday, limping around a little more, we win. Thing is killing me. I'm like, Dad, I think I think my foot is broken. Like that night on Saturday night, I'm telling him, I think my foot is broken. Like this does not feel like a sprain. Like something's weird. All right, well, you know. Power through, like we'll we'll get checked out or whatever. So game one Sunday, we win again. Game two Sunday is the semifinal. We win again. At this point in time, like my dad's telling the story to my kids. He's like, Yeah, other the parents are like telling my dad, Hey, uh, I think your kid's pretty hurt. Like he's limping hard <laughs> out there. And my dad was the coach of this team, by the way. Oh my right? goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so we get to the championship game and, and I'm like, buckled in, in like tears i'm like dude i can't i literally can't play anymore he's like go you can go play goalie so he puts me in goal because i don't have to run that's the thought process right okay so i, so I go play goalie and we lose like 10-0 in the championship game I'm, I'm not kidding like i just i'm like a target back there <laughs> all blasted through me and that's not my normal position you know so we we drive home a couple hours and i'm just like ow you know, like we get home, I tell my mom, mom, my foot is hurt so bad. You know, she, she freaks out that my dad, you know, made me play uh, with this injury. <laughs> takes me right to the, takes me right to the emergency room. Fractured foot, put me in a cast. Oh my. Drive home. My mom's like, Wally, you know, you made Scott, you made Scott play with a foot. And my dad just kind of sm laughs and smiles. He's like, well, that'll be a good story. <laughs> sure enough, that story has, has lived on now. So, yeah, he told my kids, you're not getting any sympathy from me. Wow. <laughs> True, 
True story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Nelson, do you want to do your question real quick before Scott's got a roll? Scott, I'm going to make it real quick. I have a would you rather question for you. Um, if your son's done with class, feel free to bring him in to answer this question as well. Oh, he, he went inside. He went inside. <laughs> uh, the, the only prerequisite is you got to pick one and give a little bit of a reasoning why you have chosen okay. this answer. Sean can answer after you. Would you rather be the star of a bad team or an average player on an elite team? This is for the athlete. This is for you, the athlete. Would you rather be the star of this awful soccer team yeah. you play on or the average player on the elite best soccer team out there? Now, this depends. Oh. I got it depends. Okay. <laughs> All right. When I'm young, mm -hmm. I'd rather be the star of a bad team because it's going to compel me to work even harder to elevate all of my teammates all around me. Mm -hmm. I got to develop better leadership skills. Mm -hmm. I got to develop more as a player. If I'm older, I can't stand losing, period. <laughs> I'd rather carry water for everybody on the elite team and win some games and stuff like that. So I, I, it's a little, a little depends, but you told me I don't get to do depends, so I'm going to be the average player on an elite team because I want to win. Okay. Well, that that's fitting because as an adult, that, that makes sense. I like that. I like that. Sean? Uh, real quick, I'd rather be an average player on an elite team because once I become an excellent average player, I can then strive to become an elite player. And if I'm not surrounded by those people, at times um, we aren't compelled to be the best we can be. So that's my uh, that's my quick answer. Very nice. Hey, Scott, I honestly, even now as an adult, if I had the chance to be the best player on the team, I'm going to take it. I want everyone patting <laughs> me on the back and putting me on their shoulders. You know, hey, that's that. all right. That's all right. That's all right. You could be Russell Westbrook till you're blue in the face. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Oof. Guess I'm not winning any championships. All right. <laughs> well, Scott, honestly, I, I know you have to get out of here. I just want to say the, the fact that you've been able, you know, in your career to start so many businesses and just take take a bad situation and getting sick young and then and then turning it into an amazing career, some podcast things, the sales, the, I mean, the Patreon group, being a dad and, and having a chance to cater your schedule to make sure you're involved with your family, truly inspirational. You know, I, I, for a long time, I, I didn't, I didn't finish college. I didn't have a career that was like a, a set path, a doctoral or something very specific. Um, and that's very unforgiving in, in the early 2000s, where it's not popular to be an entrepreneur, yeah. where it's not popular to not go to college and finish. Um, so to hear the fact that you were able to do so many different things, uh, again, it's very inspirational uh, to hear that. Uh, amongst all the other things that you shared. So I really appreciate you taking the time out from all the things you have going on to oh, yeah. hang out with, with the Dads Unplugged uh, Very podcast. Very welcome. Very welcome. Let's, let's toss up a couple of places where people can find the Mr. Scott Lease. Uh, I would assume website? Yeah, you, I mean, my, my main business, oh, there you go, scottleaseconsulting.com, and you can check out surfingsales.com and thursdaynightsales.com. Um, if you're trying to get a hold of me directly, the easiest thing is probably just to hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn and I reply to all my direct messages and happy to try to be helpful to anybody out there. Awesome. And well, uh, Scott, really quick, the just you have a couple books that you've written, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2017, I wrote a book called Addicted to the Process. And in, uh, in January of, of this year, I released a book called From Rep to Manager with my co-author, co Ryan Walker. <clears throat> and uh, I think late June, right around my birthday, um, my, my third book called More Than a Number, um, The Modern VP of Sales Playbook is coming out. So check that out if uh, any of those are interesting to you. The trilogy will be complete. Awesome. Well, we'll celebrate your birthday when I see you definitely in July. And again, uh, regardless of where our path might lead, I am very honored and humbled, um, not just for today, but for you in general. So thank you so much, um, Scott. And thank you to everyone listening. Please follow Scott and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much.